Marketing is everywhere. From the billboards on the highways to the notifications on your phone, we are constantly bombarded with people trying to sell us stuff. What makes good marketing? Are you doing enough in your life personally and professionally to market yourself? You have questions, and the Marketing Mad Men have answers. Search the Marketing Mad Men on Google or your favorite podcast provider to get practical marketing advice from expert guests who are shaping and reshaping the business world. They say marketing is a madman's game. Join the Marketing Mad Men every Saturday at 4 p.m. to find out why. An ambassador for the dogs and broadcasting live from Truist Park every day. All day, every day. It's time for Buck's Beat with Buck Baloo. Hey, everybody, and welcome back to Buck's Beat. This is episode 76. And the Bulldogs are in a great spot, ranked number one and playing LSU with their star quarterback dealing with a sprained ankle. More on that in a minute, plus my hometown guy and Super Bowl champ, Malcolm Mitchell, joins me to kick it around. But first, allow me to take care of some business. Bucks Beat is sponsored by Mickey Himes and the GetMickey.com team at Keller Williams. If you are buying or selling up 400 or around Lake Lanier, get Mickey and the GetMickey.com team working for you. Selling? Don't leave money on the table, brother. Buying? Get Mickey and his team to help you find it and give you their five-star service. Get this Bulldog working for you. Call 678-341-7474 or go to GetMickey.com and get the deal done. The biggest storyline in this SEC championship game is Jaden Daniels and his injured ankle. Intuition tells me that Daniels is going to give it a go but his skill set will be severely limited. His big-time ability of hurting defenses with his legs will be impacted to the point of just being a pocket passer. He should be able to sit in the gun, read coverage, and throw the ball around to this talented group of LSU receivers. And this gives the Tigers their best shot of pulling off the upset. Asking the backup quarterback, Garrett Nussmeyer, to step in against the nation's top-ranked team and deliver a big-game performance is just asking way too much. After having only thrown 42 passes this season in five games. Jaden Daniels must deliver a big performance inside the pocket for LSU to have a shot. couple of thoughts. Number one. Man, I'd love to see Kirby, Schumann, and Muschamp turn up the heat with the pass rush in this matchup. Come after Daniels with a four- and five-man rush scheme. Bring the heat and don't allow Daniels to get comfortable back in the pocket. Number two, the rub on this side of the ball is this, third down. LSU's offense converting on third down 48% of the time. That's number three in the SEC and 13th nationally. Georgia's defense is only allowing opponents to convert on third down 28% of the time. That's number one in the SEC and number four nationally. Win third down on this side of the ball, and that's a huge advantage. Joining me now is former Valdosta High star and Georgia legend and Super Bowl champ and author, let me throw that in there, Malcolm Mitchell joins me now. Malcolm, uh, how about this Georgia Bulldog team as you see it? You feel like they got a really good shot of running this thing back, doing the back-to-back national title thing? 
Man, I think they have a great shot, to be honest with you. I think they have a great shot. They've been playing well. They have uh, came to every game prepared. They're undefeated. They have uh, rose to the occasion and executed at a high level in big moments. That's what a championship team does. LSU's quarterback with an ankle problem, a little sprained. Uh, Jaden Daniels is a guy that I've, I've tracked since high school, really enjoyed his style of play, being a dual-threat quarterback, could hurt you with his legs. I would imagine, Malcolm, with a sprained ankle being in a boot early in the week, that he's not going to be a guy looking to run on Saturday. Uh, what do you make of this? What do you expect to see out of Jaden Daniels? suffered a few sprayed ankles during my playing times and it's not easy to come back from those they linger and they hang around and one cut or one tackle can inflame that that area again so i think he'll be pretty stationary i think he will attempt to move around because that's the nature of his game but once his ankle reminds him of the trauma that it's facing he'll slow down and he'll have to rely on another skill set to be successful. LSU with a very talented wide receiver core. Uh, Boutte is... is they uh, always had great receivers, though. You know? Wide receiver you? Receivers. Yeah. I'm not going to give them that, even though they, in the last 10 years, they put out some great receivers. Um, but, I mean, the receiver can't do anything until the quarterback throws in the ball. So we'll see how that goes. <laughs> I would imagine what you want to do when you got a quarterback that's probably not going to be uh, running around. He's going to be in the pocket. Got to get some pressure on him. Try to limit the impact that these talented wide receivers can make. You know, get to the quarterback before he can get the ball to the talented wide receivers. Well, I'll give their coaching staff some credit, too. They're pretty savvy guys. And to be honest with you, Buck, the thing that will probably happen, we'll see a lot of quick game. Three-step drops, slants, eight-yard stop routes, flat routes, trying to get the ball in their playmaker's hands and trying to get the ball out of the quarterback's hands as quick as possible because he is facing that injury. Let's talk about the Georgia wide receivers for a second. Stetson Bennett, in my opinion, has been outstanding this season, and it's been without his go-to guy. A.D. Mitchell has battled this high ankle sprain all season long, and Arian Smith, another dangerous receiver that, you know, injuries have held him back. But uh, Lad McConkey stepped up. Kiaris Jackson, I believe, is a guy that can make some plays for you. Just this wide receiver group alone, what do you make of them? I think they're a good team. I think – Georgia's offense, especially their wideouts, have been plagued with injury. Blaylock just got back this season, I believe. McCarkey has been pretty healthy and very productive. As you stated, A.D. Mitchell is out. But, you know, they've been effective. In my opinion, Stetson deserve, deserves to be in the Heisman conversation because they are the reigning champs, and it looks like they're making a push to go back there. In uh, any other situation, we would not be having a dispute about the quality of quarterback. But in this one, we seem to. I also will mention that Georgia has some fantastic uh, tight ends that line up as receivers periodically to make plays as well. So I think they're a good overall team. And Stetson is leading the charge as the quarterback. And you know that better than all of us. <laughs> yeah, I wish we would have seen Bowers maybe uh, at that ex-wide receiver spot a little bit more with Mitchell out, but, you know, that, that goes uh, 
You know, we'll just let that one go. What, what, what do you, I totally believe in Brian McClendon that, you know, the receiver position has been a little thin here for the last two, three years, but Brian McClendon coming back, taking that wide receiver job, I'm totally convinced he's going to get that in the next couple of years. That's going to be a strength on this team. Brian McClendon is the best recruiter in college football. He was my receiver's coach my last year at the University of Georgia. And I will restate that claim that he is the best recruiter in college football. We will see the University of Georgia receiving core increase steadily as long as he is there. That I am willing to bet on. Malcolm, what are your thoughts on the job Kirby Smart's doing? Extraordinary. We're we're national champions. That's the objective. That's the goal. That's the purpose. That's the mission. He's graduating guys, transforming them into quality men to go out and be productive members of society. He just had one of the most electrifying draft classes in all of college football. Is the reigning national champs, and they're undefeated this season. He's checking every single box twice. He's the best there is out there. He's outworking everybody, it seems like to me. Malcolm, uh, you mind if we look back a little bit here before you get out of here? I want to talk about your days. You're my hometown guy in Valdosta. Uh, Really outstanding career there at Valdosta High. I was tracking your career even back then. I tell you, I really love the fact that you were a two-way guy, receiver on offense, cornerback on defense. Uh, What what do you recall? what What do you love about those days at Valdosta High? Oh, Buck, you are taking me back, man. I hadn't thought about that in a long time. Um, I just remember the camaraderie. You know, Valdosta has the richest football history of any high school team uh, in the country. We're the winningest high school team in the country. And just being in that atmosphere with that much support and love from the community that's what I remember more than anything else. The games were fun, but the community support was even better. How did you end up at Georgia? What, wasn't there a time you were thinking maybe about, I'm reluctant to even say it, uh, that, that school that wears orange <laughs> and blue, a little south of Valdosta there, down in the swamp lands of Florida. How'd you end up at Georgia? I actually considered Alabama much more than the University of Florida. Ironically, Kirby played not a huge, but a small piece in that recruiting process. Um, I chose Georgia because my mom asked me a simple question. She said, Malcolm, where would you want to be if everything went wrong? And for me, the University of Georgia represented home. It was a place where, regardless of my athletic prowess, that I felt I could grow as an individual. And to me, that was just more important. Um, and that's why I chose the University of, of Georgia. Plus, Coach Rick blessed the food once he came down to my mom's house and ate dinner. And uh, that won her over, so that won me over. <laughs> and you showed up ready to play when you got there as a freshman. I believe freshman all-SEC season, 45 catches right out of the gate. Well, Buck, you know how we do in Valdosta. We work hard. And we're striving to be our best. And the motto is you never, never quit. So I kind of just carried that along with me once I got to UGA. Still playing cornerback a little bit your sophomore year, receiver. 
Uh, what side of the ball did you really uh, embrace the most? Uh, did you just enjoy playing both sides? I enjoyed football. I enjoyed being out there on the field, running around, catching passes, you know, uh, tackling, whatever the job was is what I enjoy doing. As a kid, when you go outside and you play pickup football in the neighborhood, there are no classified positions. Everybody <laughs> does everything. So that was that's how I learned to play football. And that's the way I always thought about it. So offense, defense, special teams, didn't matter. Just give me a helmet, some cleats and gloves, and I'll go work. <laughs> 2016 rolls around. You're drafted by the New England Patriots. You go play for Bill Belichick. And you win a Super Bowl championship. And I'm a little reluctant to bring the Super Bowl thing up because here in Atlanta, <laughs> you know, we uh, we were up 28-3 in the game and somehow let that one slip away. You had you had a big fourth quarter, as I recall. Uh, five catches in the fourth quarter, I believe four of them for first downs from Tom Brady and lining up next to Julian Edelman. Reflect back, if you would, on on that Super Bowl victory. At halftime, do you think it was over? Of course you didn't. I didn't think it was over. I just didn't know how we would win. And to be honest with you, I looked around the locker room to really grasp hold of everyone else's temperament, to see how they were responding to this level of adversity because I had never been in the situation. No one was flustered. People were chirping a bit, trying to make sure that the room was full of positive energy, but to be honest with you, I don't think anyone, including the coaches, knew that would be the outcome. Here's what we thought. Listen, if, if they're going to beat us, they're going to earn it. We won't lay down and just take it. And it just happened. They just happened to make enough mistakes to give us hope. And once the strip sack happened, then that's when we found true belief that we could win this game. At least that, that was my take on it. What was your relationship with Brady? Was it a, a good relationship? Did you enjoy playing with Tom? What was that like? I sat by Tom uh, in the locker room for three years. And he was a great leader. He was a great man. I consider him to be a friend. If I send a message today, he still responds, and he doesn't owe me a single thing. Um, here's a guy who I'm sure has the world pulling at him. Um, but once I got to New England, I'll tell you this story. I got to New England as a kid from South Georgia, never not understanding cold weather. <laughs> and Tom immediately realized that I had no understanding of New England winters. So he goes out and he buys me a jacket that would help <laughs> me get through the winter. That's the type of guy he is. (laughs) Was it initially intimidating working for Bill Belichick? Uh, What was it like playing for him? He is pretty intimidating, I will say. Um, After a while, you kind of get used to the environment and certain things that may have uh, intimidated you. And I don't think he does it intentionally. I just think that's who he is. And I think once you realize that, you're not intimidated anymore. And you're open to conversations. You're, you will go seek out conversations with him instead of 
uh, may be avoiding him. So initially, because of the, the aura around him, there is an intimidation, intimidation factor, but that, that slowly dwindles away as you grow more confident with the type of person he is. No and surprise that, was, that, that he yeah, loved football. Right, no surprise that he loved football, but oh, you yeah, had mentioned yeah. earlier that he loved all kinds of football, high school, college football, obviously NFL football. He was totally into all of it. He could tell you about the local high school football games in New England. <laughs> and I thought that was extraordinary. Obviously, he knew about NFL football. Obviously, he knew about collegiate football because that's where he was getting his players from. But he could even talk to you about Pop Warner football, YMCA football. He could talk to you about high school football and some of the habits that are created at that stage of the game and how certain habits from high school football actually translate into NFL football. He's one of the smartest human beings I've ever encountered, his ability to understand information holistically, devise a plan, and then lead his team to success. It's nuts, to be honest with you. Malcolm, I've uh, really enjoyed recently, I've, I've gotten a chance to spend some time with you on the book tour. We both have books out. Uh, author right. Malcolm Mitchell, Hey Georgia, collaboration with the governor's uh, wife, the first lady, Marty Kemp. Uh, Malcolm, tell us about the project. How's that going? a lot of fun. Last year, um, Marty Kemp's office reached out to me, and we really wanted to find a way to promote the love of the state of Georgia, but also send a challenge that we could do a few things to make it even better. So we came up with the idea of Hey Georgia, a picture book that was distributed to 90,000 pre-K students this past fall at no expense to their family uh, to do. And we did that for a few reasons. Uh, literacy is of extreme importance to be productive in society. Uh, those who suffer from low literacy are trapped in a cycle of poverty. So we really wanted to address the need to encourage uh, proficient readers. But we also wanted to send a message that inspired, that also presented an opportunity for growth as well. So Hey Georgia was born out of our conversations on how to shower our state with love, but also to challenge all of us to do a better job in pushing it forward. Malcolm, we appreciate your time and insight today, brother. I appreciate you, Buck. Great having Malcolm on. Now let's break down the other side of the ball. The Georgia offense versus the LSU defense. Expect Todd Monken to test the Bengal Tigers' run defense early and often. LSU just allowed A&M to run for 275 yards, averaging five and a half yards per carry. The LSU defense is 59th nationally in run defense. That's not very good. So I wonder, thinking of Pat Dye here, is LSU man enough? to slow down this Georgia run game. The other big factor on this side of the ball is this. For LSU to keep it close and maybe pull off the upset, they're going to need some help from the dogs. LSU needs some forced turnovers, and Georgia's offense needs to play clean. 
don't need to help LSU at all. In a blowout scenario, Georgia's offense runs the ball effectively, gets Brock Bowers eight to ten touches, and does not turn the ball over. LSU and Georgia have matched up four times in the SEC championship game. LSU was three and one in those matchups. All four games have been blowouts. And this one's going to be a blowout, too. Georgia Bulldogs are going to roll into the college football playoffs with a 38-10 victory. Big shout-out to Malcolm Mitchell for his time and insight. And thank you for listening to Bucks Beat. Subscribe to Bucks Beat and get the latest updates every week from the most connected guys in Georgia sports. Follow Buck at BuckBaloo8 on Twitter. And check out all the fan podcasts at thepodcastpark.com. Marketing is everywhere. From the billboards on the highways to the notifications on your phone, we are constantly bombarded with people trying to sell us stuff. What makes good marketing? Are you doing enough in your life personally and professionally to market yourself? You have questions, and the Marketing Mad Men have answers. Search the Marketing Mad Men on Google or your favorite podcast provider to get practical marketing advice from expert guests who are shaping and reshaping the business world. They say marketing is a madman's game. Join the Marketing Mad Men every Saturday at 4 p.m. to find out why. This morning in the Atlanta airport, no one's missing a meal on Mac Wilburn's watch. With 11 restaurants to serve passengers, he's got dining for every destination. And it all started when Mac talked with First Horizon Bank about opening a franchise in the airport. Now it's open for business and cleared for takeoff. First Horizon Bank, let's find a way. Go to firsthorizon.com slash Mac. First Horizon Bank, member FDIC. The fan is ready for brave season. Are you? 3-1 smoked high in the air, deep center field, and heading for the horizon. A home run by Olsen. We're streaming every game of the Braves 2024 season free on the 680 The Fan app. So make sure you download it now and don't miss a pitch of the Braves this season.